Hi. Welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power Systems Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Ashish Bhattacharya. He's the uh, VP of Marketing at Honeywell Sensing Control, and he's also got uh, Lamar Ricks. He's the uh, Director of, of Technology and Engineering of the Electronic Sensing Division. And we're going to talk about uh, the Internet of Things and some of the things that challenge uh, portable device designers. Well, because it's a big space. Isn't that right, gentlemen? Yeah, that's right, Alex. Thanks so much uh, for allowing us to be part of this uh, conversation. Honeywell Sensing and Control, as you know, has been in the sensors and switches industry for a long time. And one of the things that we do is to spend a lot of time with our customers when we are thinking of our next generation products to really understand the areas where we can help them and their unmet needs. And as you know, in the systems that we're talking about with, you know, the Internet of Things and sensor networks, sensors are a critical component. And one of the things we heard again and again from our customers was the need for low power, particularly in battery-operated devices. And while, you know, in terms of the technology, uh, we heard them ask for the capability to really have 500 nanoamps or less in terms of a power threshold. And there were some applications like metering in water and gas meters that sounded really interesting for them to be able to get to that level. So I've got, you know, my colleague uh, Lamar with me who will also talk about why uh, this is so important and, uh, and interesting. So, uh, Lamar, over to you. Thanks, Ashish. As Ashish mentioned, uh, we had customers giving us feedback in terms of power looking for a device that had a, a current draw of 500 nanoamps or less, and that's very important in, in a lot of portable applications. Another aspect that customers were asking for was to have a higher sensitivity magnetic sensing technology, and that would allow for the utilization of smaller bias magnets or for the same bias magnet working over a much larger air gap range. And uh, our customers had, had noted that the uh, material inflation on rare earth materials, which is used to make magnets, has gone up dramatically over the last five to ten years. So having a magnetic sensor with much higher sensitivity allows them to use smaller magnets and to take costs out of their systems. So we took that bit of information and we leveraged our world-class technology and we uh, developed and are releasing this new nanopower series of, of AMR. And, you know, just to put it in perspective, when you talk about our uh, power consumption of the nanopower sensor at about, you know, 310 nanoamps, that means that a typical industry battery, when it's connected to just a sensor, would keep it powered for a time of about 300 years. So that's kind of how much we have been able to reduce this. And in an age where designers are being asked to work increasingly with tighter power budgets on their devices and lower energy consumption, at the same time they're looking for more flexibility in their design, we felt that this was really a very differentiated a very interesting product to come out with. And, Alex, that's what brings us to where we are today. No, I get it completely because, Ashish, I mean, right off the bat, number one, in order to have a truly smart device in a cloud-enabled world like we keep talking about this Internet of Things, you, sensors are the way that the system 
obtains its information to provide that logic function to give the functionality to the device. And as you were saying, I, that's a very traditional application as well, just thinking about, say, a read sensor replacement. But beyond that, there are other things now because of, say, for example, more intelligent motion applications and robotics and advanced medical uh, motion systems and not just um, a straight-up what someone would consider a consumer application because the beautiful part about this as well, you know, with an order of magnitude less power consumption, this opens up other application spaces, not just battery-powered. When you start thinking about things like harvested energy applications and uh, field sensing for something as exotic as remote military applications for armor sensing in remote locations, the sensors can utilize a, a harvested energy to operate as opposed to, say, using a battery that would run out after X number of years, even something like a lithium-thionyl uh, lithium chloride, you know, with a 10 to 20-year operation span. You know, the, the, the lower power consumption goes beyond, you know, at least in uh, my eyes, and obviously you probably see it yourselves, it's just you want to restrict the conversation to um, a straight discussion of the functionalities, but this opens a lot of application spaces that were previously unable to even be addressed by legacy technologies. That's exactly right, Alex. And what you're seeing is, you know, you've mentioned a real diverse set of applications. And initially when we went into this uh, discussion, it was that was one of the things that was interesting to us that when we thought about, you know, it started off with the biggest needs being in metering and they wanted uh, an anti-tamper capability as well as very, very low power consumption design flexibility. But then we looked at other areas and they were, you know, security systems, smoke detection, uh, you know, battery-operated tools, medical devices like infusion pumps. But when you think about just saying, okay, so what was, the alternative that the end user had and what were the technologies they were looking at. I think this one, first of all, gives a very, very differentiated offering against uh, hall switches, hall technology, but it also mm -hmm. for the first time uh, gives people an alternative to read switches. And that's something which is pretty dramatic because, you know, read switches so far, They've been an, uh, a solution that people have been using, but there are some angles to read switches like, you know, it's uh, basically a, a glass tube. It's uh, uh, got, you know, it doesn't use any power, but nowadays you do have power being used in a lot of devices, so the problem of bringing power in uh, isn't that much of an issue. And this one is a, a much more rugged, durable, smaller package. So that's when you compare to uh, read, and then when you compare to a hall, you know, we get sensing distances of, you know, three to five X in some cases, and it does sense in the kind of parallel plane versus uh, perpendicular. And it mm -hmm. also, again, some of the applications, I wondered if, you know, Lamar, you had some thoughts on uh, any of the other broader applications that uh, Alex was talking about? Yeah, that's a, a good question. I, I think that with the sensitivity of this technology and the ultra-low power, um, it, it will allow us to work in applications of which we don't even have direct visibility to. Uh, this is a, a solution that will solve problems. And, uh, you know, it's easy for us to look and, and identify the various applications that already exist in which this would be differentiated. But certainly some of the military applications and things that Alex uh, was referring to, as well as a, a host of others, I think a door would be opened with this, this new technology for sure. Agreed, 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 gents. Now, 
why don't you describe, is it a product family? Is it a single device? I think you mentioned a couple of devices. Please elaborate a little. Yeah, the, the first series we have uh, is the uh, high sensitivity versions. Uh, we have uh, in this NanoPower AMR uh, sensor IC family, we have a couple versions. Uh, they have two different sensitivities. One is uh, 11 Gauss max over temperature and the other one is, is 20 Gauss max over temperature. Uh, compared to Hall Effect, many of the competing Hall sensors are in the 30 plus range, so this is a, a nice new higher sensitivity offering for people that, that need that and want to drive magnets smaller, etc. And then we also have a regular power series that's coming out later. It's not part of this uh, initial launch. Uh, so uh, we're really focusing on the nano power first. Makes a lot of Alex, sense. What we try yes. and do uh, traditionally in these areas is that, you know, we like to think about a platform philosophy when we're developing our products and to think of customer needs across the spectrum and to think about how we can design a platform which takes into account most of those needs. And we do have platforms where over a period of time, we launch or roll out you know, subsequent products in that platform. The benefit for our customers is that those variations, and you know, we've got large platforms in, say, pressure sensors that have a million variations of the product, but for the customer, they can get exactly the variations that they want. It's virtually a customized sensor for them. And for us, those variations are all pre-engineered variations. So we know exactly what's required to make them, and we can make them very efficiently for our customers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, what kind of – speaking of, you know, uh, support and such, what kind of uh, reference designs and such, uh, app kits, what kind of engineering support do you currently offer for the product? So at the moment, what we are doing is we are really working on providing – products to as many of our customers as we can, and that's the intent, that when this sensor comes out, designers will be able to get small quantities of the products to do their own testing and incorporate into their uh, prototypes and small lot production. The second thing that we'll be doing is working with some of our lead customers. I think in some of the applications like metering, we have a very good idea of what they need. And then the third would be to really listen to customers as they're coming up with further applications, because for us at the moment, uh, you know, coming up with a whole slew of designs versus listening to our customers and going where they wanted us to go, I think we are sticking to a handful of applications that we have and then providing them support as they need. Understood, understood. Now, um, actually, Lamar, we haven't heard that much from you. Could you tell us a little bit more about some of the core tech, what you're able to tell us, and a little bit about some of the other uh, benefits of the technology for the uh, designer? Well, the the core technology here is AMR, or anisotropic magnetoresistance, and it's, it's got a much higher sensitivity than competing technologies such as Hall, as you heard from um, understanding the uh, lower Gauss operate points that, that we can deliver. It's also a re- very robust technology with respect to temperature, and it works uh, 
very well. It's very reliable and, and stable. The same technology has been used in automotive applications, military applications, industrial. So it's, it's a, a very proven technology. It's very robust. And mm -hmm. the AMR technology, as I think Ashish had previously mentioned, is sensitive in a, the or, uh, a little bit different plane. The Hall effect, you know, if you were to think about your table, for instance, Hall effect would be uh, sensitive in a perpendicular plane to the top surface of your table, and if you were to liken that compared to AMR technology, AMR is sensitive within the plane, so in more of an uh, XY as opposed to, to Z plane. So the uh, it offers the end user different flexibility within the application when they're trying trying to solve problems because uh, of the way that the part would be magnetically biased. So the fact that Honeywell has both Hall Effect technology and AMR technology to complement one another, uh, we have some really nice solutions that the end customer can, can use and incorporate into designs to solve their problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and frankly, what really appeals to me uh, is the whole aspect that the power levels are so low, low now that you really are challenging read sensing and the fact that, as you point out, you can pirate some, you know, some nanoamps from the system, if it's a powered system, even if it's harvested energy, that's enough energy to run the sensor system for a basic sensor system. Even, say, for example, for like a smart dust moat-based network system of uh, sensors, there'd even still be enough to run very low-power RF, for example. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. The, certainly the energy, energy harvesting where you're uh, be, being able to steal energy from other sources, it would definitely be enough to, to power this particular device. So as you, as you, you know, say, the world gets more connected with the Internet of Things and connected portable devices, uh, technology such as this is really going to be in the, heart, in the heart of what's going to be able to drive uh, those things to possibilities. Uh-huh. Well, uh, frankly, uh, if I may say so, I'm more, I'm a car guy, so to me, the first thing that pops into my head is, wow, you could do a transmission where the sensors don't have to be wired at all because you could make micro-vibrational energy harvesting uh, systems for those sensors and now just literally stick them on the gear teeth and or in the spaces where the gear teeth have to be sensed and not have to wire or put large, larger sensors in any of that transmission, reduce the weight of the transmission by X, you know, which is percent, which is crazy for those people who are into that in the racing space. Yeah, in interestingly, we've had uh, AMR technology in those types of applications, not in the manner that you're talking about, but AMR core technology has been used in automotive transmission sensor applications for the better part of a decade and a half. Right, 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 but but with harvested energy. Yeah, that's what, what you're saying is definitely, uh, you know, opens up new realms of possibilities. You know, if only to simplify the, the location and the spacing and manufacture. Because if you don't have to run, even if you don't, even whatever uh, lead that you're using, 
admit, I must admit, I would love to have a reader email me um, with a little bit more clarification on how they actually do wire. Or do you know yourself, for example, Lamar, how they actually they actually wire the sensors currently within a transmission? Just eliminating those wires, however they do it, that's a big thing right there. Yeah, clearly, interconnectivity and the cost of interconnectivity is is something that could can be addressed. Exactly, exactly. So, gents, I would love to continue to chat with you about all of this, but unfortunately, uh, the episode is of a limited duration. But um, Ashish, what's your URL? Uh, the URL is uh, sensing.honeywell.com. Excellent. I really, you, I figured you would know I meant the deep dive because everybody can go to Honeywell, but then they have a while to look for you, and I wanted them to find you directly. Um, the other thing, uh, Ashish Lamar, uh, you guys have to flip a coin or something, but I always give my guests the opportunity to have the last word in the conversation in these uh, interviews. So. One of you give us your final thoughts, or if you both agree to keep it really short, you can each give me one. But give the audience, actually, your final thoughts or anything you'd like to say about uh, the product, the company, where you'd like the industry to go, where you'd like the, uh, where the company's strategy is, anything you'd like to leave about the application space. Essentially, your last words, not mine. So uh, the floor is yours, gents. Like I said, you can either have one say something or you could both say something very short, but the floor belongs to you now. Thanks, Alex. So Lamar and my message to the design engineers out there is we understand that sensors can be a critical part of your design. They can really enable the performance of your device. So when you're in the design cycle, the earlier you start thinking about sensors and how they can play a role in your device, the better. Honeywell Sensing and Control is one of the leading sensor and switch companies in the world, and we have the technical and engineering resources to be able to work with you at every stage of your design. This new magnetic sensor is a really differentiated product because of its nanopower power consumption, design flexibility, smaller size, and therefore less magnetic materials. It's a really exciting product, and we're pleased to bring you something that you can incorporate into a wide variety of applications. For more information, sensing.honeywell.com. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Ashish. Actually, I want to thank both of you gentlemen for taking the time to be with me on this show because uh, the industry is always looking for solutions, and I always like to have people from companies like yours who are developing solutions that help keep the ball moving. So thank you both for being here. Thanks, Alan. Thanks. Pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank the audience for taking the time to be with us because obviously we wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.